0: Your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Ladies and gentlemen, it is finally time for the NHL postseason. But before we get there, we had a couple of firings already
1: within it. Benny, what up, baby? I was just thinking that uh the podcast this year kind of took on the uh the vibe of the tampa bay lightning where we kind of coasted through the regular season did a few episodes here and there i know i was in greece kind of took uh the dog days of hockey season off and now the playoffs are here and we're right back in it (laughs) so we're turning that switch on and this is where we are (laughs) yep uh but yeah so this well going to all of the first-round matchups, uh, maybe I can get you to go on a record with a Stanley Cup matchup prediction uh, before the playoffs even begin. But before that, like you said, we'll get into some of the firings that happened. Uh, a couple guys were already uh, on the last year of the deal. So, not necessarily fire it, but more like, hey, we're not just turning your key cards here. Um, but... A couple of weeks ago, is Chuck Fletcher, GM of the Flyers, um, another disappointing year in Philadelphia. Uh, especially after bringing a guy like Tortson and spending money on JVR, Kevin Hayes, uh, D'Angelo, who apparently Tortorella just stopped talking to. <laughs> um, so Fletcher has let go. They announced uh, yesterday and today that their plan is to do like a commitment to the youth, so to me, I don't know if that means Torch is going to be sticking around for that, either him resigning because he doesn't want to stick around, or whoever's brought in to replace Fletcher is like, hey, we're going in a different direction here. So Fletcher's the first man on the, on the chopping block there.
0: Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what happens there as well. I mean, in fairness, Fletcher deserved to lose his job as to the deadline they had and as to how they didn't sell anything yeah. w- was just crazy to me. Like they didn't bring in any assets in return. It was kind of like Chuck buddy. Like I know you're transitioning to a newer team and younger players, but this is a perfect time to kind of open it up for yourself a little bit. Yeah.
1: Here. Apparently he had a deal in place to trade JVR to deadline and get that contract off the books, but it was contingent upon another deal happening that fell through. So I mean, even that, the reported return was like a mid-round pick. So it's not like he was almost on the verge of getting like two first-round picks and a young prospect for a guy off his team. So even if that deal went through, it was going to be a pretty subdued deadline for him. Um, I mean, for the Flyers themselves, they want to go to – everybody calls it a transition now, but they want to go through a rebuild. The issue with the Flyers is, I mean, is D'Angelo going to get bought out again second organization buying him out his first organization basically well not first but the coyotes basically gave up on him but you're pretty much locked into a lot of these guys at decent money deals so who's going to trade for uh jvr i mean he's a free agent but he's leaving so that's off to books but kevin hayes is your highest paid player
0: your highest paid player, also your best player, I would say. And That's am saying a lot. Th- there's been rumors, uh, but I would say rumors of this whole year of him constantly being traded. Yeah. So it's just, I I honestly don't know what to expect. And uh, whoever does go in there has their hands full as to whatever it is they're going to yeah, do. Yeah,
1: and that Russman Swiss Aligning deal, even when he first made it and we talked about the trade on this podcast, we were like he sucks. (laughs) Like he, he has size and he has mobility. So when you're a rookie and you're like in year one, two, three, you have fans and organizations kind of hanging on to that. Maybe, maybe that switch will just click on for him. And a guy, you can't teach size and you can't teach speed, but it never turned Mm -hmm. on for him. So he's still a clueless. I mean, he plays physical, but doesn't drive play. Is not good. It's not a good uh, puck carrier. Can't play the point in a power play. And they made that deal. And then they also gave him a long term extension for over five, almost like five and a quarter million dollars a year. And now the new GM's going to have to deal with that. You have the D'Angelo deal in the books, which I know he had a bounce back year with Carolina, but you can't give a long term deal to a guy who almost halfway through his first season with every team is on the outs. So that was a stupid way yeah. to go about it, <laughs> legit. And the forward group is full of guys who bombed as draft picks with their former team, and now they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. After their guy Nolan Patrick just really due to injuries kind of fell through for him, like Owen Tippett, uh, Brendan Lemieux, Kiefer Bellows. Uh, I know they ha- still have blank uh, on his first name Frost there. That. He had a decent year,
0: mm-hmm. Morgan, Morgan Frost. Frost yep. Yeah,
1: but there's just a lot of like silly putty to build with. Like, there's nothing that's going to like. You can't mold any of this into a contender, especially in a division they're in. So, if they're going to try and make this a quick one-two year transition thing, it's going to set them back another half decade.
0: Yeah, the, the, it's a lot there, and I mean. You still have the big question mark of
1: Carter yeah, Hart. what's from his
0: deal? Game to game, you, you, you don't know what you're getting there. Like,
1: Couture, is always hot Like, is he even going to be and, coming? I back? mean,
0: I don't know. And and the other part too is like, it, now you hear the people that were chanting for Comcast to sell the team <laughs> and everything else. Like, it is, it's ugly down there.
1: Is Cam Atkinson coming back? Like, I don't know. I I know he signed, but. This nobody's going to trade for him. The Flyers are going to have to use a buyout on just probably three or four guys ahead of him on a totem pole. I don't think he wants to come back and play through injury, not injury, but like limitations from all these injuries adding up. Because the guy of his size to go through a rebuild like he did for basically his entire career in, in Columbus. So maybe he just hangs just, him up. Just to go and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the first guy on a chopping block. We'll see what happens to Torts. Um, I don't think Torts gets another head coaching gig in a league after this. I think this is it. For no, him. I
0: agree. I think this was this was it. Yeah. I think that this was the hope for them to bring him in and, you know, hopefully maybe corral the younger guys into something else. But the whole team as a whole, I mean, one guy who disappointed me and uh, – Ivan Provorov there was yeah. he used to have some glimpses of being a really good defenseman and obviously I know the supporting cast isn't what it used to be but a guy like him who like I said there was glimpses I mean you could probably even say sometimes maybe you know a, a breakout Norris trophy candidate type guy now no nah, I don't think yeah, so Yeah now
1: he's just a more physical I mean, he's better defensively, but he just reminds me of a more, of a more physical uh, Tyson Barry. Yeah, no, but like two years ago, you're like, this fucking guy got it. And now you're like. Yeah, mm. he's not a number. He's not a franchise defenseman. There's not many of them around, but he's definitely not one of them. Yeah, just Justin Braun, though. I'd keep Ronnie and yeah He's hanging him up. Yeah. he's sticking around. He's he's got another year in him somewhere. (laughs) That's why Torch let his dad on a bench apparently uh, in the last game of the year. So Torch is up in a press box to let uh, Bronny's dad be on a bench with him.
0: Yeah. 36 right now.
1: Justin. Yeah. He had a good run, man. Like a very good run. I agree. Uh, All those guys like tangent here, but San Jose back in the day, man, just churned out the seventh round or un. Drafted free agent college signings into useful role players for like a decade.
0: Yeah. You had. Uh, and a lot of them were undrafted. Yeah. yeah. Maddie Irwin's still kicking yeah. around. Yeah. Irwin, Braun,
1: uh Andrew Desjardins, um,
0: Wingles. Yes, thank
1: you. Tommy Wingles. Like all these guys just basically unheralded and did all the dirty work to helping uh, contend all those years. And then they just kind of branched out around a league. So, love me sometimes <laughs> i thought nick Petrek was going to be one of them but um the other gm firing that actually happened was it yesterday it was announced or it,
0: it was either yesterday yeah. or the day before ronnie yeah.
1: hextall and kind of keeping a whole flyer connection going here uh hextall fired so was uh brian burke in mm-hmm. pittsburgh uh first time in 16 years, the first time in Sidney Crosby's career, the Penguins missed the playoffs. Um, They missed it by one point. It's not like they were a lottery team. But when you have the core that you have and the money that you have on that roster, you can't miss the playoffs. And then you also can't go into the deadline and make one of the worst trades of recent deadline history with the Granlin deal. Like, horrendous. Not even... Taking on a full contract, all of that stuff. But part of this, I think, has to do with the ownership group change. Um, You know, they want to have their guys come in. But also, I think the issue was... And there was a lot of talk about this at the end of last year when the Rangers knocked out the Penguins. Was that the last time Crosby, Malkin, and Latang played together. And... Hextall didn't want to bring Malkin back. He was dead set against it. He wanted to bring Trocek in to replace him. He wanted to get younger say, and save money. It was
0: very late signing yep. and bringing Malkin back.
1: Apparently, Crosby went to ownership, and ownership forced Hextall to sign Malkin. And then ownership group sells the team a couple months later anyway. So, not that Malkin's a bad player... But now you're basically in a, you went all in to try and maximize the window and you missed. So I'm, they're not going to do what the Flyers are doing. They're not going to do any type of transition. They're not going to do any rebuild. My prediction for this is Sullivan leaves.
0: So they openly said, uh, Sullivan's future is in the new GM's hands, whoever that's going to be. He's leaving. Um, Sully will get a head coach. Instantly. Job, but but he can blink. Blink <laughs> and he'll be somewhere else. Um, I just... I never understood, like... I love Brian Burke. Love burke forever. And I didn't think Burke going there to be the president of hockey operations and not the GM was a good thing because Berkey has always, like he's always said, there's two hands on the steering wheel. They're both mine. (laughs) And to go there and now kind of oversee Hextall, I just, I I didn't think that was the right move for Berkey. I just, you know, I I just think Berkey needs to be a GM. I I don't think he's one of those guys who's going to do it. And if he did leave the whole GM thing to Ron Hextall, it just seemed like, it didn't have the Brian Burke team in the sense of size in meat that they had. They they seemed a little scattered throughout the year, kind of hoping for uh, like we talked about with Philadelphia. I mean, they were hoping Danton Heinen would give them more Josh Archibald, Ryan pulling Alex Nylander. Like it just seemed like they were relying on, uh, I don't want to say lottery tickets. These are established NHL players, but for, lower caliber guys to give them a lot more than what was expected.
1: Yes. And also Kapanen. That trade and extension was almost unspeakable. Um, The Raquel deal worked out the extension to Carter. And apparently he gave the extension to Carter because uh, he was looking out for him because of the LA days that they were in the Kings organization. Like you can't run an organization like that. Um, the defense no. fell off, like, uh, you, it's just, Hextall seemed caught between wanting to go for the cup and plan for the next seven years. And
0: the, just the yeah, middle ground.
1: Yep. When he came to the fork in the road and he didn't take it. <laughs> like the if you're going to fail, fail with conviction. And he hit, he failed and also didn't have conviction. And I think that's what sealed his fate where if you're the new penguins ownership group and you're like, so what's your vision? It would probably almost came off. Like, I don't know what do you want. What do you want the vision to be? I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> so. And the other thing that
0: did not help them was that goaltending tandem, which we've talked about before. I, I know Jerry was hurt for a little bit and DeSmith was the guy, Jari but being
1: as bad as he was was if, really kind of
0: surprising. I just, if for a team that we would say is was on the last portion of of an open window, and then to have the goaltending that they had, yeah. no bueno. Like it, it's just not going to work. And then Jari's up at the end of this year. He's UFA. Like, are they going to turn around and bring no, him they're back? They're going to trade for Gibson. Like, yeah, but then I love Johnny Gibson, but they're going to hope to unload some contracts here, and I just don't know who's going to take what.
1: I mean, yeah, they're going to have to use a buyout there. I think the new GM is going to come in and he's going to buy out. Uh, just sorry. uh, Grandland. I think that's a deal I need to get out of immediately. Um so, yeah, you'll have that dead cap space because of that, but you'll save a little bit of money off the top. You let Jari go. You'll probably try and convince them to take on a smaller contract here or there and then send some draft capital. They're not going to rebuild, and they're locked into the forward group. The forward group is good, if healthy.
0: And Yeah, it, it's just the long term. I mean, like, Zucker's up, but you still got Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rust on that long term. Randland, if they keep him, Raquel, and they still have Carter for another year,
1: and then it's just that bottom five they'd have to kind of. I mean, the in. two expansion drafts, fucked their death when they lost McCann and Tanev. Like mm-hmm. that really.
0: But what about Jan Ruda Still, you know, what a guy.
1: <laughs> that really tore him up a little bit. So, I think they're. I think what they're looking at is, well. We can't rebuild when Crosby's 36 years old. He's turning 36 this summer. Um, So what can we do for a turnaround next year so we're not in a wild card spot? They're going to say, let's clean up the bottom six and get an actual goaltender, and we'll be just fine. And I think that's the path they're going to try and take here. I don't think Sullivan sticks around. I think he's too smart of a guy, and he was too close to Torts for so long where he knows there's a there's a expiration date for every coach. And I think he's, he's riding on a mm-hmm. wall with a new GM coming in. If they get off to another slow start, he's going to be the fall guy. And this core is old. Might, might as well get out when yes. I still have my reputation intact.
0: Yeah, and someone will pay me a yeah, lot of money. So
1: I think that's what's going to happen. Um, the other decisions that were made... Over the last couple of days, Dallas Eakins not coming back to Anaheim, not all that surprising considering uh, where they finished their last in the league. I know the free agent veteran signings didn't work out all that well, which isn't really on him, but it just seems like they're looking for a, a guy to kind of get them over the hump from where they are with some potential into playoff contending status and then take it from there. Uh Eakins always had that the next big thing coach and then he got fired pretty early on in Edmonton <laughs> uh, and then now it didn't really work out all that well in Anaheim so I don't know if he's going to get a head coaching gig in the near term he'll probably end up on someone's coaching staff somewhere Um uh, unless he wants to be the head man in the AHL again but um I don't know I haven't spent too much time on head coaching candidates yet because, you know, Alroy's in the playoffs. I think Anaheim is probably one of the more appealing spots, to be honest, because if they end up with Bedard and you have Zegres and Terry and the young guys on the, McTavish. Yeah, the, young guys on the back yeah. end, and you're going to go to a market that as long as the ownership and a GM believes in you. You're going to have four years to try and turn this around.
0: And they say the ownership group there's yes. great. They're, they're San Jose they say that family great. has. So, now, Columbus gets yep. rid of Larson. And Legacy, that that was like a, a twofer. And I I listened to the Yarmo thing on it, and you know the questions they were kind of asking were well, when did you make your mind up, blah, blah. And the detail part of it, he, he wasn't going to give you the details as to why he got rid of him, but he was just saying, you know, we watch everything here. We watch every practice. We watch this, we watch that. So on and so forth. So then someone said, well, if you've watched everything, like did it come down to the last couple of games or was your mind already made up? And he's like, well, out of respect to the coach and staff, uh, of, you know, the coach who just let go. I'm not going to so say he that up a long time ago, but yeah. So I think he already kind of had his mind made up. He just said like, right now was the right time, obviously the end of the season. And now they have a little bit more time to go into a in-depth coaching search. And he said, he also wanted to see around the league who also wasn't going to come back. It's very interesting. Cause like you said, Mike Sullivan's now out there, uh, Peter Laviolette no longer with Washington, yep. mutually parted ways. That's another guy that's out there. There's still Coach Q. There are very big names out there. And then there are AHL guys who are looking for a sniff. Like, like I think this could be very interesting to see if certain teams
1: also end up losing
0: their assistant coaches in the offseason going for Oh, hell yeah,
1: like Tampa Bay's been doing. I think his, his fate was sealed once you realize back in like before Thanksgiving that a team that just signed Johnny Gaudreau was going to miss the playoffs as badly as they did. And they're going to squander all the local PR and goodwill with the fan base because of that signing that coach is gone. Um, yeah. I mean, um,
0: in fairness too, I mean, I think the number they had this year was like, 300, like almost 400 games missed with manpower. They just had that many injuries. But even then he was like, yeah, just, uh, I I felt like this is where I thought I I felt bad for our American league coach because I was taking all of his talent. (laughs) So now on the other, like there was still no apology on the other end. And it's weird too, because when they did bring in Larson after, uh, the incident that had happened, they said, you know, they picked him because he was, a partially a player's coach and yada. yada, And it seemed like something did not add up there because I I think Yarmo, for a guy who's been around as long as him and JD, something didn't pass the sniff
1: test. Well, some guys are just not cut out for it and you know, you better make the decision early on than too late. Um, they have a couple good pieces. Columbus, you know, we always give uh, Yarmo a long leash. They, Like I said, they have pieces. I just don't know where they go. Like, you have Gaudreau and Line A. Those guys aren't going to... I don't know. It's, it's a hard roster construction. So I think Columbus, they have some space this summer. They have plenty of prospects. They have a pretty good cupboard with draft picks still. Uh, a lot, of yeah. Draft picks. So I think this is an this is a team that's going to make more of a dash in July to try and t- turn this thing around a little bit because, like I said, you don't sign Goudreau that to spend the next three four years waiting on guys in Europe to come over and develop. So I think this is something that's going to be an, another quick turnaround and when you have your own place i trust him more than most gms to kind of not end up in a position that pittsburgh's kind of in now with a half a dozen bad contracts and no real well not uh, pittsburgh philly half a dozen bad contracts and no real direction in terms of roster building uh oh. the other one like you said Laviolette's gone uh I guess not so surprising again. Miss Washington, missing the playoffs. But if you're gonna, you're not gonna rebuild with Ovechkin. Uh, apparently Kuznetsov is meeting with the Capitals, so he may want out after all. Last summer, the Capitals wanted to get rid of him, so now the role is kind of reversed here. Backstrom's still probably never going to be the same guy ever again. Uh, Carlson was hurt a lot. Goaltending. Was solid. Camper wasn't really a huge problem. But my question is if Laviolette was a free agent, wouldn't Washington hire him in his position? <laughs> like, wouldn't you want to go for a Vegas? You know. When you say it like that, who has won a cup, like, yeah. so you're getting rid of a guy who you're just getting rid of him to get rid of him. Unless there was like a falling out amongst the guys in the room, that's different. But okay, you don't want Laviolette. Who are you bringing in?
0: On the other end. So, yep.
1: I mean, Bruce is available.
0: <laughs> yeah, Bruce is out uh, there. I mean, one other question mark, which, you know, the... What do they say at the the hammer hasn't fallen yet? Calgary. What is going to happen there? They said uh, in the exit meetings for Lindholm and Backlund... Uh, This year coming up is their last year, and then they go to UFA. They said, do you want to talk about a contract extension? And they said, in the current state here?
1: In the current state?
0: They said the current state of the Flames, they don't want to talk about contract extension.
1: So that is two
0: separate players on your forward thing. So is it Suter? Is it Daryl that's going? Like, I just... I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm very interested that that has come out this early. Like, that's crazy to me. This early. Adari so that's, out.
1: that's a really obviously bad indicator of, of some deep rot in that organization where now it's two off seasons in a row of guys that have been there for multiple years who are like, there's no fucking way I'm signing an extension. Yeah, I'm not staying here. And I know Calgary is a small market, and it's really fucking brutal in the winter, but it's seemingly a good-run organization, but guys still don't want to play there, even if they're going to get the money that they might get elsewhere. So, I mean, everybody talks about Daryl's persona, but then when they... Stop playing for him. They talk about how great of a guy he is. Like, oh, yeah, he's quirky and has his faults. and But I love that fucking guy. So if it's not him, then what's the fucking problem? Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll never find out, I guess. Fucking uh, shoe guard would open up and explain why he wanted to leave. Um, if, that, dude, if that's the case, man. Maybe that's why he went all in for that uh, Huberdo trade. He's like, listen, I got one year here before these guys want to leave now, too. <laughs> yeah, lock in as yeah. much as we can. Um, but just to wrap up my point about Columbus, Philly, Washington, all, and Pittsburgh all making these changes, they're looking up at the Metro Division for the next half decade. Like, yeah. you have the Rangers, Carolina, New Jersey. I probably put New Jersey over Carolina uh in terms of like the top 3. You're basically contending for a wild card spot at an, at a metro division for the next half decade. Yeah. At best. So Columbus I mean like, okay, we're going to fire the coach, gonna... Okay, so you you're going to have to hop over four other teams <laughs> just to get a wild card spot and probably get your ass handed to you in a first round by Toronto, Boston, New Jersey, or the Rangers, <laughs> or Tampa. So, I don't. Obviously, every organization, for the most part, wants to go for it and put themselves in the best position. But I don't know if a team like uh, Columbus should really put it, be putting a lot of financial resources into next year's roster.
0: Well, I, I looked at Columbus and. It looked like the whole forward group's returning. So now I'm wondering if they're going to start playing with the prospect pool a little bit to kind of bring something else in.
1: That's what I mean. Like, is there going to be a disgruntled guy? Is there going to be a Matthew Kachuk-level guy from another team that they're going to make a big splash for?
0: We can only wait and
1: see, pal. So do you think... We talked about Sullivan, and we talked about Torts. Off the top of your head, do you see any other coaches... Being not playoff teams where, like, uh, if the Rangers get swept in the first round, Gallant's getting fired. Like that's different. Teams that didn't make the playoffs. But just right now, just any other looking.
0: guys. Um, I wonder about DJ Smith in okay. Ottawa, and I say that because I, I know this is what now is third yep. season, but yep. with. The better group that he had this year still didn't get him there. So, so to me, I just wonder, I mean, that that roster was significantly better this year than it's been in years past. Um, Chicago, I don't know how long they plan on keeping Luke Richardson for, especially when they start transitioning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only other one I can think of is we already have a new GM that is coming in and Barry trots in Nashville is John Hines' his I was guy. Say, I say,
1: Hines know. is toast. He any I feel like if there was any other qualified coach that had Nashville from game one to game eighty two, Nashville would be in the playoffs bare minimum as one of the wild card teams, but probably would have left frogged over Minnesota. Like that was too talented of a team to be where they were. And then they had to make a big row of it at the end, just to almost look like they had a decent season when they were pretty much already out. Yeah, they
0: got, cl- they got close there at the end, but yeah.
1: So I think Heinz is gone. Um, I know there's a lot of, the ownership group is good. It's not, not a lot of things. I honestly really think Quinny's leash is short in San Jose. I think he he has next year, unless they're like completely bombing out. But I think, and I know we're talking about like this summer, but I just wanted to put it out there, Ben Shadamas. If year three starts off slow, he's gone. So he has next year, that's built in. But then San Jose is not going to be looking to like, okay, in 2028, we might start contending again. So I think it's going to be something like that. I also
0: I also think, too, that Greer, even though uh, they're both BU guys, him and Quinny, yeah, Mike Greer to me seems like a no-nonsense <laughs> guy. Like, you know, when, when it's time, yeah. it's time. Like, <laughs> we're going to do it right now.
1: Um. All right, so we got all that stuff out of the way. Now it's time for the 2023 first-round playoff predictions and previews. We'll start out west like we always do. Nah, nah, nah. So starting out west, by the way, the bracket challenge, did you do yours yet? I have not done mine okay. yet. Yeah, no. I set mine up this morning. I have. I'm pulling it up in front of me now. Let's go here. All right. So which one do you want to start out with first? We have Colorado, Seattle, Dallas, Minnesota, Vegas, Winnipeg, and Edmonton, L.A. Uh,
0: I have via the playoff bracket. It has Vegas and Winnipeg top left. So
1: let's start. Okay, out. Vegas, Winnipeg. Uh, for me, I mean, Eichel's in the playoffs. Hopefully he can stay healthy and he doesn't, you know, miss four games because of another random ailment. Uh, Vegas had a much better season than I expected because they got unexpected quality goaltending. Uh, from the kid, and then he made the trade for Quick, who had his moments in Vegas. I can't quit Winnipeg, dude. <laughs> I can't quit him. I'm. For me, it's just at some point the overall talent I know Vegas is very talented but you have a clear edge in goal and I like the coach I like the playoff style that you're going to get out of Shifley and uh PLB I have I'm and short and sweet but I'm going Winnipeg
0: See I am very much middle ground over here and I like Winnipeg and they had a battle to get to this spot. So it's not like they've been coasting, which makes me, you you know, it's going to be a good matchup. Winnipeg's built big, a bigger team. Vegas has, even though, like you said, it hasn't been the Vegas as usual. The guys around there have been producing, which is what I like to see. I like Jonathan Quick back in the playoffs and with the team that believes in him. But you know he, they they quit out yeah. in L.A. Let, let's call it the way it was. So now that I think he's there, I, I think he can bounce back. But I don't think this is a easy series for Vegas in the least. I, I'm gonna go Vegas and seven in a tough first round matchup. Yeah,
1: I have Winnipeg and seven. Vegas is much more top heavy in terms of talent and overall skill. I think Winnipeg is just going to chew them up when it's time for the third and fourth lines to be on the ice. I know you have Phil Lathrill on a power play and everybody loves him, but you have a fourth line of basically Howden, Carrier, and Colazar, uh, who, when you look at the numbers, got pretty much caved in whenever they were on the ice this year as a fourth line in terms of Generating offense and puck possession. And then they're going to be going up again. Like, Winnipeg likes to rotate some guys around a little bit, but you have a forward group where you can have Lowry, Nemesnikov, Barron, Carson Coleman, uh, and Sam Gagne rotating on a third and fourth line. Like, to me, that's going to be that and Hillebuck and goal is a deciding factor for me. I just think that uh, Vegas' top heavy talent gets them to that game seven with. Petrangelo and uh, Theodore and Eichel get them to make it a longer series than it might have been if it was uh, one of those guys wasn't healthy.
0: I, I just wonder, too, like you said, is Eichel, now that he finally made it to the dance that he wanted to, is he going to perform? Because now it's a completely new ball game. Yep. This is something you wanted, kid. Here it is. It, is it or is it not? I, I think he's
1: going to do just fine. I, I don't know. I feel like he always gets hurt when it's a uh, crunch time. When he was in Buffalo, so we'll see. If you make. well, he has a new neck. He <laughs> should be the good. Bionic Man. Um. All right. So our first disagreement there. Uh. Second matchup. Let's go Dallas, Minnesota. Key matchups for you. Who do you got?
0: I got many. And it's probably because I hate Pete DeBoer. (laughs) Um, No, I I think Dallas is a really good team. Uh, I love Ottinger there in net, but I look across the way and Marc-Andre Flurry's there, so I I give Flurry the nod there. Um, I like Minnesota's D a little bit better than Dallas's, and I think that's going to be a huge part. I mean, Dallas has firepower, though, and they have a lot of experience over there. Pav, Sagan, Ben. I just think that there are going to be certain players from Minnesota that Dallas is not going to have an answer for. And, oh, Matthew Boldy. Yeah, Boldy is going to have a series. And this kid will be, I mean, I don't want to say front-page news because hockey doesn't make it there, but he will be talked about in the hockey world after this series big time.
1: Do you think Minnesota can keep up if it's a – well, let me frame it like this: Do you think Minnesota can keep up if they go toe to toe offensively, or do you think they're they have the ability to shut down a pretty this you know the stereotype for the Dallas Stars the last few years has been no offense, great defense, and now it's their defenses, their good defensemen are really just quality puck movers. They have really good offensive talent, and they basically. Tell Ottinger, hey, you're going to have to bail us out five to seven times a game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh,
0: and that's what I think. I think it, the workload might be too heavy for Ottinger here. And like I said, I, I like Minnesota's D. When you go up and down at Spurgeon, Brodeen, Dumba, Klingberg, Middleton, and then you can kind of figure out the back end, whether you're going to go Goligoski, Merrill. Like, I, I like that combination. Throw Flurry in the back there. And then when it comes to playoffs is different. We always talk about it. They got meat there now. They got Revo. They got Hartman causing a fucking storm. They got Felino over there driving people crazy. And I think that that is going to make a difference in this series.
1: I, I'm looking forward to Mason Marchman and Nick uh, Marcus Felino just fucking each other up all series.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I, I tell you what, I mean... Felino's a tough prick, like legitimately in. I mean, if Marchmont wants to go there, have at it. I just like he's not he's not the old man. And, you know, R.I.P. to to mush. But like the Mason is not is not you, pal.
1: He's big. I don't think he's a he's not in the same weight class. uh, Fisticuffs wise as the guys in Minnesota. Um, No, um, I will say, too. Three people for
0: Dallas. That's always the question mark. Rupe hints. I remember he had that first great yep. rookie year going into it. What are you going to get? Ranta, the other one. And then the question marks for all built in, Max Domi, Faxva, and Dadanoff. What exactly are you going to get? I don't know.
1: Yeah, so this was... Out west, it's the toughest series for me to kind of decipher down. Um, both teams, it's kind of like what you're getting with in the east with Toronto and Tampa and the Rangers and Devils. It's like, shit, a really good team's going home after the first round. And that's really shitty for an organization. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know you don't like DeBoer, I think DeBoer's a little overrated, although he does pretty much get to the playoffs every single year for the most part. Um,
0: hey, he'll get you to the cup and <laughs> lose, too.
1: I think it's an even matchup. I, I'm i not as high on the Wild D as you are. I think they're very good. I don't think they are page-turners, is how I'll put it. Like They're not going to hurt you, and they're going to have they're very good defensively. I don't think that they're in a position to truly be like an X factor in a big moment, either on a power play or offensively that you got that Dallas has in and Wendell, even Miller with a big shot from the from right side, the former Ranger uh, Niels Lundquist, who I know he was healthy scratches points throughout the year, but He's, even if he's hurting you, he makes a bonehead play defensively, he can still make a difference offensively. And for Dallas to have up and down a lineup, I know there's questions like you pointed out. Max Domi can't locate the defensive zone even with the GPS. Uh, Dadenoff, same deal there. So Dadenoff, you know who he reminds me of? Sergei Kostitsin. Remember him? Jesus Christ.
0: Sergei. <laughs> I do remember him. And the other brother, what was it Alex?
1: I, remember, I think it was Sergei with that back check where everybody's like, why are you coming for a line change <laughs> in Nashville? <laughs> um. I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> but I just think, you know, Robertson, 100-point season. Jamie Ben with a renaissance year. I thought he was toast in terms of being able to be like a top six, 25, 30-goal scorer. Has a big bounce back year. Sagan's healthy. He may not have the same jump as he had in, in his younger days after the hip and leg injuries. But he's healthy entering the playoffs. I just think that they can match up well in goal. I think they can match up well defensively. And I think Dallas just has slightly more offense than Minnesota can get into. Dallas can win 6-5. Minnesota can't.
0: All right, so Dallas and how Dallas many? Dallas and seven. All right, I got many. Okay, so
1: four. we're 0 for 2 if agreeing here. 0 oh, for 2. All right, this, well, this is good. That means one of us will win. <laughs> um, All right, Edmonton, LA. I'll go first this one. uh, They met last year in the first round, won seven games. Edmonton won that one. Since then, Edmonton, I mean, McDavid's having a Jesus-type year. Yeah. I mean, it's... You know you're yeah. having a great year when a guy scores 50 goals on your team and nobody realizes it. No one. Or Ryan about Nugent it, Hopkins period. with 100 yep. points. Yeah, yeah, a resurrection no one, for him. No one talks about it. So, LA on the flip side, they've their young guys have gotten better. Valardi had a very good year this year. Byfield, he's on the first line. He's playing a wing now. So who knows if his future is down the middle in the league? Um, but to me, this is an overwhelming Edmonton matchup. Uh, I know Stuart Skinner and goal, you know, our boys soupy had a really, one of the worst seasons for a goaltender, especially with that contract over the last few years, LA has improved. They have some good young pieces. I'm calling Edmonton in five.
0: I think that's fair to say. Um, L.A. last year going into this matchup, I, I think they tightened it up a little bit against McDavid, but he but he still yep. broke through. I just don't think this year they can tighten it up on him. He, he has been playing at a completely different level.
1: I mean, even and like they do. Like you said, Then they have to deal with <laughs> not, not
0: to mention. Dryside, old Nugent Kane. Hopkins. Kane has been playing good since he came back from his injury. Like, I, I just think Edmonton right now is probably the best Edmonton we've seen in, what,
1: 17 20 years, years? Since 06?
0: But like, it's been a very long time. And I think Edmonton might be able to go on a run here just with how fire-powered this yeah, offense. Yeah, I
1: mean, Zach Kleiman scored 30 goals. Uh, Buster. I, I mean, that. for me, the difference maker for me, I like to abuse that pickup for the fourth line. You know, he can win some face-offs, and he has that size that uh, Edmonton doesn't have too much up front of. But that Ekholm trade, sliding everybody else down one spot on a back end really helps. The,
0: they've. They. I would say their D has never been yeah. this good. At least since we've started talking about them, it's always been the D and, and the goalie. This year, it's still the goalie, but the D. I mean, a lot I
1: know they have Cody Cece in their top six, playing every night, which I still don't know how this guy's around in the National Hockey League. But when you have Nurse and that home, and then you can have uh, Bouchard and Kulak in your top four, you can kind of hide Cece a little bit. Um, I think the guy who's going to have the biggest first round. Uh, production-wise, I know McDavid's going to have his... The big guys are going to have theirs. And LA's going to focus all on them. Yamamoto's going to have a, I think, a big uh, series. Alright, now if you were going to guess
0: this year, what is Cody CC's plus-minus this year?
1: Oh, in the regular season? Yeah. See, he put up points... But they were on a power play, so even strength – he was getting top – damn, he was getting top three minutes for a long time playing on with McDavid. Plus 21? 11. Okay. Dude, I could get a plus 11 playing with fucking McDavid. <laughs> 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 and I know you're not a big this guy, but I Jesus, figured you like... All I need to do that. is trip the puck out of his own, and hang back, I'll get a plus.
0: <laughs> Hal Gill would get his number Jesus retired from with McDavid. I remember when glass. Dan
1: Girardi had like a plus-30 year, and he was like, oh my god, what a great defenseman. I'm like, it's just because he's playing with Jager. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's an easy one, so we have an agree- agreement on that. And the last match out west the one who... I'm actually just really looking forward to not only because of the talent and fun seeing a new team, like a very new team, obviously, but a new team in the playoffs. I just can't wait to see the jerseys on the ice, man. The oh, dude, and the I can't wait. Te- oh, my God. It's going to be such a pleasant series to watch.
0: Um, I'm assuming you're, you're going Colorado. I am, too. And this isn't to knock Seattle, because I think Seattle is going to give Colorado some problems here. Uh, they just came out. Landis Gog is out for the whole yep. postseason, not coming back.
1: Didn't call um, and yet, off.
0: Ag- and yet again, I mean, Seattle is a team here, like we've said, came from, started from the bottom, now <laughs> we're here. Um, j- just a team that has kind of grinded and mucked its way to the position it was in. I mean, just missed L.A. for that third spot in the Pacific. Probably better for them that they didn't get Edmonton. But um, I'm not saying they're coming in here buzzing on all sorts of uh, everything. But if you look at the actual roster, you have some guys here who have been here before. I mean, you have Eberly, You have Jaden Schwartz. You have Yanni Gord. Like, you have McCann who's played in some playoff like you have guys who have been here so i don't think it is going to be a complete shell shocker yeah. factor um i'm going to go abs and 6 but i'm going with each game outside of one i think game 1 they might get the doors blown off of them <laughs> a little bit kind of a little shell shock defending but um outside of the home expansion every, team <laughs> every game outside of that game will be a one goal game.
1: Yeah, I mean I think if Seattle can get out of Colorado with a split in the first two, it'll calm them down. If yes. they if they lose I'm expecting them like you to lose game 1. If they lose both, I think Seattle is like, all right, we're up shit's creek here. If they come back to Seattle yeah. with a the split, they have to uh, home crowd, first playoff game in Seattle. I think they'll have kind of that momentum, even if they split in Seattle and they're two-two, go- making it a best-of-three series. Like I think that's more than most people, especially most casual people, might give them. Like when you see that like, they're playing a uh, defending Stanley Cup champs and they're a wildcard team. My concern for Seattle. I'll give you my concern for Colorado, too. My concern for Seattle is they have to keep it slow.
0: Yes, they have to play at their yes. pace. They, they can't open it up with Colorado. But can yep. their defense do
1: that against Colorado? Now, Colorado is not as deep as they were last year. Um, they don't, Like you said, they don't have Landy. They lost Kadri. They never really replaced him. Um, I'm not huge on their forward, like outside of their top line. I'm not huge on their forward group. It's really their defense, like McCarr and all those guys, like the in addition. But for Seattle, Ken, Oleksiak and Vince Dunn, who blossomed into an actual two-way it's Stanley Cup champion, you know? yeah. Um, Adam Larson, like I like Susie. Ken was all those guys up to the task, and which Grubauer hour are you getting? That's the concern for me. Well,
0: it's that the, the other question, the other way too is what goaltending are the Avalanche going to get in Francoe and Georgiev? So like uh, th- those are big questions.
1: Georgiev marks, had a good year. Um I just I have I know I have my personal things against him from how his time in New York ended. But I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed by the moment or anything else like that. My concern for Colorado, like I touched on, is if they want to keep it wide open, outside when McKinnon's on a bench, can they? Do they have the guys that can keep it open and actually uh, produce on the chances that they get? Uh, produce I don't know I
0: I think they'll play a wide open style they have guys that can go up and down the ice but there's also a few question marks for me I mean Darren Helm you know 35 36 years old Cogliano 35 years old like I know they've been there but they're also beat up I mean they got Lars Eller there too I mean can Lars Eller give you anything physical in the playoffs
1: like doubt it (laughs) He'll win you some face-offs. And yeah, Bar- just, the big thing know. for me yeah. is uh, Burekowski not coming back, at least for the start of the series.
0: I just wonder... I think they'll get out of this round, but I just wonder in the next one how far they're going to go. Yeah.
1: So you had Colorado in six? At Colorado in 6 doing Seattle in seven. I love it. I love it. I don't know. It's just,
0: I, I don't know. When I said at the beginning of this year that I thought Seattle was going to be a playoff team, I got laughed out of this podcast. Well, you said, uh, both. I said that Shane Wright was going to be a hall of famer <laughs> too. No, I, I said Shane Wright was going to be uh, a difference, but he was not, but burn I hit on that. Thank God. So, I mean, I, I banned yeah. 500, I'm still in the hall I... of Fame.
1: There's just been a weird vibe about Colorado all year. Um, it took forever for them to turn it on, and which they did, obviously. But I don't know. There's some question marks there. And I feel like Seattle, they're going to get overwhelmed in Game 1 just because of the environment. But mm-hmm. I think they're playing with house money. They'll lose. Colorado isn't. So I don't know. I,
0: I I tell you I hope you're right I do I like I honestly like I hope you are I, I feel like I just had to go like a certain way but I would love to see Seattle grind a fucking seven game series so
1: okay Let, before we move to the east let's just say let's go through the matchups again so you have Colorado if Colorado wins and Minnesota wins it's Colorado Minnesota round two for you mm-hmm. and then in the other bracket it is you you would have Vegas versus Edmonton. In round two. For for me, Mm -hmm. I would have Dallas Dallas versus uh, Seattle. Mm -hmm. And Winnipeg versus Edmonton. Which would be fun. I like
0: that Winnipeg-Edmonton one,
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, But, all right. Moving out to the Eastern Conference, where our boys are in. Uh, We'll start out... I'll let you go first on this one. Carolina and the Islanders Carolina and the Islanders. I got the guy. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Not the Islanders. Sorry. I have Carolina and six. Um, and it's not a disrespect to the Islanders. I just think that this is a team this whole year that we, we've kind of expected a little bit more, even last year as well. Um, they're relying very heavily on Sorokin yeah. and outside of that, It's just kind of like, what are you going to get from everybody else? So I do think that he will go in there and he will be a factor. Sorokin will. And he will keep them very tight in these games and keep it very close. I just. uh, Barzell's just coming back from injury. Anders Lee has been okay. I just you're probably the same as me when you look at this Islanders roster. It's the same <laughs> roster. Like it doesn't seem like it changes. Like, and I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to go in there and feel uh, different about them when I just feel like Carolina has been firing on all cylinders coming through here, and it's just hard for me to be going against the Canes on something like that.
1: So you have Carolina in six.
0: i Got Carolina in okay. six.
1: Yeah, for me. So Carolina the reason why the division was up for debate in the last few games of the season was because they were scuffling for a while there. Uh, basically coincided when Svechnikov towards ACL is going to miss the rest of the year. Uh is another guy that basically played like three seconds for them this year. Uh, and was lost to an Achilles injury. Outside of that, I mean, Ajo had another great year. Uh, Nature's really, Blossom to, into a goal scorer. They have guys who play a heavy style. They know... Their game is built around puck possession. That's the entire model that... Rod DeBod brings. Uh, defense... It's... When you look at it, it's hard to match up... When you have to worry about Brent Burns... Just fucking Roman out there. And then on the third pair, you have Gosh the Bear... Coming out. Goal... Anderson had... If you're just looking at the numbers... He had a decent year. He was not good this year. Ant- Antiranta, is he alive? I haven't seen him in a while. Um, the concern for Carolina with me is, who's their second center? You know, they lost Trochuk. They were expecting uh, Kockneyemi to step in. Didn't happen. Teruto-
0: I-, I know they push Nakus back and forth and yeah. have him jumping around. Yeah. But-
1: I think he's at like a 38% percent faceoff percentage, so you can't really expect him out there late in games uh, as a centerman. So they we're hoping Cockney would hop in there, didn't do it. Teru, Teru Taravina has had a massively disappointing year. And then when you look at every— like Paul Stastny has not been playing every single game. He's been a healthy scratch, 37. Outside of that, you have Seth Jarvis, who had a decent entry last year in the playoffs. Jesse pulley RV, the Rangers played Carolina twice after the deadline when he came in, and dude is invisible. Outside of, like, just being a little bit of a prick around a crease. Invisible. Jesper Fast, nothing but good things to say about him, but as T- John Tortorella once said, if you're expecting offense out of Jesper Fast, you're stupid. Jury <laughs> um, came in and had a good year, but fuck him. Uh he's the wrong jury in the Metro division. I mean, you still got your boy step on. Yeah, he's still bouncing around on a fourth line. It feels like he's like 39, but he's still only 32.
0: <laughs> yeah. Younger than and us. Yeah.
1: The thing with the Islanders, like you said, it's basically Sorokin and hope he get three goals, which reminds me kind of lovingly of the Rangers in like Oh six. <laughs> when they're like, it's, we got Hank and we got, we got a hope for a power play goal. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it, we're going. The The, the train's going. So, yep. The
1: only thing is um, they're well-coached downers, and like you said, it's the same team, but it's the same team that's been playing together. So I don't know if that's a benefit at all, and Barzell coming back without as much mileage on him because of having to play the last 20, 30 games. Um, the defense is fine. Like we said, even if Sorokin falters have Rolamov behind him, Uh. I'm going Islanders in seven. Okay. I just, I mean, I'm I'm more confident than I'm wrong in this one than I am in going against Colorado. Let let me just put it that way. <laughs> I I feel like I'm gonna get this one wrong, but I'm just going with the Islanders because I'm like, this if this is their chance to knock off Carolina. If Carolina is fully healthy and that everything was on all cylinders, like it would be a sweep.
0: I just think from watching them last year in the playoffs, Tara Vina and Kakanyemi, like those two last year playing against them, like for two little guys, they were fucking pricks to play dude, against. I, hated Cockney, like, I mean, They dude. were fucking, yeah. Oh, dude, like whacking after, like they, they fucking made you make sure they were They made yeah. you earn it. But, so, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Interested to see.
1: Um, All right, we'll move on. Toronto versus Tampa Bay. I'll take the lead on this one. This one is going to be seven seven games games in Toronto (laughs) in the first round matchup. (laughs) We all know how this story ends, but really love it. This is even more so than a rangers Devil series, which a lot of the hockey world is really looking forward to watching. This is must-watch television. You have...
0: I mean, that game last week, you want to talk about sending messages to each other.
1: Bunting is a fucking cunt. (laughs) Like, I mean that in a good way. Like, as a hockey player, like, what a cunt. (laughs) But him and Perry going at it, and then you have uh, Shen and Maroon going at it. Like, yeah, message sending two evenly matched teams... You have a t- the storyline here for me is, is Tampa turning the switch on, or is Tampa who they were all year? And is Toronto finally the storyline? If they get their monkey off the back in the first round, I think it's kind of like St. Louis was back in 2019 when they got over the hump. And it was like, all right, and, uh, and where now we, we go. go. So that's the storyline for me. I think it goes seven games. Until proven otherwise, I am going Cooper in a seven-game series.
0: Uh, I feel the exact
1: same. I've seen this Toronto team
0: many of times before, and there's nothing here that makes me go, shit, these guys are scaring me a little bit or anything like that. I mean... Uh, Dubas has definitely fine-tuned this roster for a full playoff push yeah. this year, which is a lot different than years past. Um, I love that addition of Jake McCabe on the yep. back end. I love the addition of Luke Shen. I-, I think it makes them a lot tougher. But like you said, I mean, does a Leopard change its spots? I, I know they brought in O'Reilly. I know they have a Achari in there. I mean, are we going to get anything from John Tavares in the playoffs? Yeah. Be seeing, the game
1: against the Rangers. I just week.
0: like, I just, I don't know. And for me, like you said, a, I'm a huge Cooper guy and B, if this is another first round out for the Maple Leafs, which I believe it is. And it's not a disrespectful sense. It's just, uh, that's just kind of the way I feel. Is Dubas gone? Is Keefe gone? I mean, this is the first time where you can say Dubas really made an addition to the roster. Maybe he saved his job. But is he going to fire his buddy and Keefe? I don't know.
1: I mean, if they lose in the first round, it's almost going to have to be how did they lose in the first round to see where they just if they lose in the first round and which is beaten. I think that's a different story. I mean, the fans in Toronto won't like that story. But if it's the goaltending is the reason why they lost, Dubas is gone. You've had four cracks at it right. to get the fucking goaltending solved, and you keep cheaping out on it. Uh, if it's because they were viciously outcoached, Keith is gone. But the other thing I want to. And do you to... think to... that there's a difference between
0: outcoached and outplayed? Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, the Rangers, like, let's say the Rangers are playing Tampa Bay, and they just got ran out of the barn. That's different than Gallant not putting guys in position to win based on matchups or n- waiting too long to change something up or not changing things at all. Like that's what I mean by being outcoached.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I I, I just want to clarify because some sometimes people take it that or if you lose the coach they, they don't understand <laughs> they they don't yeah they don't understand the concept of like you said like sometimes it's a matchup thing sometimes you got to pull a guy put him on a different line for something to work and. You know, in the playoffs, like you said, you wait too long, you're fucked. Uh, or you you change it too soon, you're fucked. So it's just kind of seeing as to what is or what isn't.
1: The other thing I want to say is the Rangers played both Toronto and Tampa Bay last week, the last few games of the season, and I know it's one game. Toronto didn't scare me at fucking. We even lost the game, and Toronto didn't scare me at all. Like Tampa, every time the entire game, it, it had that. Aura of we're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, and every time they came up the ice, here comes Hedman, here comes Stamkos, here comes like, it, it was a it was a different feeling. Like it was almost like playing the Red Wings in the late nineties, when like all right, like let's be on our fucking game here, boys. Toronto is like oh yeah. Toronto's a good, playing good this year. Like that that's a difference in like organizational hierarchy for me right now with them. Um, mm-hmm. All right, we'll do. You first or me first? Whatever you
0: want, big boy. We're here. All so. right. <laughs> There's only two left. Right, let's
1: do, let's <laughs> do Rangers Devils. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one.
0: All right. Um, I love the fact of this series. You are in your own bed mm-hmm. every night. And I think that this makes for a longer extended series than some of the other ones. Now, with that, I don't believe in you know since the early two thousands, late nineties, we have seen a New Jersey Devils team that actually has firepower yep. like this. Yep. Um I just want to know on a consistency level, are these guys gonna perform? Um Jack Hughes, what a fucking year. Uh Nico Heeshare and from what I've seen lately out of Nico, I mean, the kid's playing. He's hard on pucks. He's giving you an extra whack after He's very whistle. underrated. I, I very think underrated. very underrated, and I mean, we're in the captaincy. Is he going to be able to go into MSG and steal it from right underneath you, in essence? I don't know. Um, I will say this. I think it's going seven. I, I think that you guys will win this in seven games, but it, it's not an easy thing. This is not the devils of years past, and it makes me wonder if if Jack Hughes comes to play game seven, what's going to happen? Like, I just feel like that's a guy that anytime the puck is on his stick, from what I've seen of him, there's a chance of something happening, and scary in essence. Anytime you play him, you're like, fucking chop him, yeah. slash him break a stick like it's just one of those things as to the devils have the firepower it's just can they do it consistently i've already spoken to you however many times and on this podcast about your lineup i love your lineup and the depth of it and igor finally coming and turning it on good thank god at the right time
1: so what are we gonna get
0: i'm going you guys in seven
1: yeah so this is was the worst possible first round matchup outside of playing you or Tampa Bay in the first round in my mind. Um, which is why I was wishing that Carolina coughed up the division in New Jersey at the end of the season. And then we got Carolina in the first round. Um just matchup up better. We played them last year. We beat them three out of four times this year. Like, fuck Carolina. Um, the devil's speed and transition game is what scares me. And the fact that Timo Mayer is on their third line. Like, I also want to harken back to when we went to that devil's game two years ago at the Pru And yep. we we're like, we looked at each other halfway through maybe early second period. And we're like, who's this Mercer kid? And we're like, this kid's pretty fucking good. And now he's on a top line with Nico Heischer putting up points. So I would just want to call out our scouting eye on that one. Because no one talked about Dawson Mercer before he be- came to the Devils as a prospect.
0: No, D- D- you were right, though. That game was like, yeah. holy shit. Like this kid, he was the best player for yeah. both teams. For both teams, he was the and best like, player. He
1: even turned around to a Devils fan behind us. for like, yo, this kid's good. Like You got a good one here. <laughs> um, yeah. So like you said, the devil's offense is probably the best their organization has ever had this year. Like the talent one mm-hmm. through 12 of Mars in their third line. You have Hughes in your second and he's on your first, it's all spread out. And their game is built all around speed and transition, which doesn't match up well for the Rangers because while we do, we are a very strong puck possession team. We like to have guys like Panarin and Kane, uh, Hiedel who like to get a little too fucking creative with cross-ice passes. And if we are not tight with the puck, they're going to transition and bury us on on 3-on-1s and 3-on-2s. And that's what happened in the regular season too. The Rangers need to take this as a, yes, we have Panarin and Kreider and Zibanejad and Kidline and Kane and Terrace. I want to win these games 2-fucking-1 if I'm gallant, That's what I'm telling my guys. I want to play like we're playing a 95 Devils and they're playing a trap. Get the fucking puck, get it in. The more time they have their backs turned to their own blue line, is less time they're putting it on Igor. Let's fucking do this. That has to be the matchup. And it also has to be where we're not an overly physical team in terms of like we don't have big... Like we're not Minnesota with like you can run out there a line of Revo, Hartman, and Felino. But every whistle and every, every dump-in needs to be physical we need to wear him out new jersey's not built for that jack hughes ain't built for that and to be honest i'm expecting a personal visit at the blue line from jacob truba the first time that jack hughes tries to uh, step in over the blue line in this series
0: no and i think something like that is vital to to make sure you guys win i mean you you need to exert that x yep. factor because that is an X factor that I don't think that they can and match.
1: That's what we but have to do. But
0: if you give them time yep. and space coming over, be and careful. And that's the thing.
1: And I know Panarin needs to be Panarin. like it's almost like Manny being Manny. If you try and constrict him too much, he starts doubting himself about like, am I doing enough? But he needs to be the veteran leader that we're paying him to be, and understand it's not always about what's best for you. It's what's best to win this fucking game. Still be creative. We're going to get out power plays. Be as creative as you fucking want. But when you're coming across the blue line, or the thing that... Not even that. The thing that's pissed me off the most with Panarin this year, and again, he had 90 points this year. I'm not upset with Panarin. But the thing that worries me is, in the defensive zone, what he likes to do is, he's along alongside boards by the dot. And he'll no-look, toe-pick pass it across defensive zone. If he does that in a series, we're going home. We can't do that shit. So we got to slow it down. We got to, our power plays top in a league for a reason. And then we have a massive advantage in goal. So we can play a six, five series against most teams because it's built around puck possession. But we also need to show that we can win a long rivalry series by slowing it down. And I think if the Rangers make it out of the series by slowing it down, that gives them more confidence than ever because now they know we don't always need to uh, run and gun to win in a series. We just proved that we can slow down a team. And I think that helps them tremendously. So this is going to be, if if I wasn't a Rangers fan, this would be a very entertaining series. <laughs> Yeah, you like if I didn't have to
0: watch this, I'd yeah, really like it. I think yeah. it's
1: going seven as well, just because I think the Devils' their offense is too deep to get shut down entirely for three or four consecutive games in a row. Um, I think the advantage and goal is heavily towards the Rangers. We're healthy heading into the playoffs, thank God. Um, the X factor for me in this series is going to be the fourth line for the Rangers. everybody's talking about the kid line. Can they recreate their magic? Two last things before we go to your boys is the fourth line of VC, Goodrow and Mott has been chef's kiss since they've been put together. And I think they're the guys who are going to have to grind the fucking devils down. That's going to be their job. Play physical, dump the puck in, grind it down. And I'm not, wouldn't be surprised if Gallant puts that line out there against Heischer throughout the game. And the more that Heischer and Mercer are back checking and digging out pucks from the corner, is one or two less shifts that we, that's their top line in the offensive zone. And the last thing is about the kid line it's not that it's they can't play with anybody but each other, they have chemistry. The X factor is, Lafreniere kind of said towards the end of the year, the reason why we play so well together, or I play so well with Hedl and Kako, is I can be the motherfucker on that line. When I'm playing with Mika and Panarin, I feel like I have to defer to them. And I was say, exactly. So we have the motherfucker with Mika on line one, we have Panarin on line two, and if Lafreniere carries the mentality, you saw how you play it against carolina in the playoffs last year he's not afraid to get dirty he played when he's feeling it he's feeling it so i think that will be also be another huge x factor if the rangers can get some supplemental scoring from the kid line and then to keep the series slowed down and lean on igor to bail him out when those on-man rushes do come but i have the rangers in seven because if i ever picked the devil's in a series you can blow my fucking brains out I guess that worked. <laughs> so the last matchup we have is the Boston Bruins, only the greatest st- statistical regular season in NHL history, 65 wins, 133 points, home ice advantage against the 8 seed in the Eastern Conference. Tell me why you're not going to choke.
0: <laughs> because they have Sergei Bobrovsky. That's why. Uh Me and you have said this every year for the past three years. You start Bob a game, you're going to regret it. And I think Lions was the guy who recently just got them there at the end of the year. The hot goalie in essence. And I think they're going to go back to Bob. And by the time they make the switch over, it's going to be too late. I have the Bruins in six. Okay. Okay. Call me crazy. I thoroughly believe the Bruins are going to go what they've been doing in the goaltending tandem.
1: They're going to go back one and one and
0: one the whole way through. Go I think they're going back and forth. And it is not going to be a you play bad. You're getting two. Nope. It's going to be one and one the whole way.
1: So let's say game one. I'm assuming Linus gets to start. yep Let's say he gets a 50 save shutout. He's getting benched for game two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, will I, I honestly believe right now, I will give him that if he does that.
0: <laughs> I, I I just think that it, like, Hey, if they want to give it to Linus, go for it. Like, you know, it, it, it's his net the year he had, I get it. But what you have right now is not broken. Yeah.
1: So why change it? You don't need to fix the it. playoffs.
0: Exactly. And, and that's kind of the way I feel about it. Where if it's not broken, I know it's very unorthodox. It's not the norm. But I think for a duo of this nature that has been in each other's corner the whole way, and there's no bigger fan than each other of I know, them. I mean, we so see it with this so hug. It, it, that it's just, I honestly think, like I said, it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. It's been working. And if you are upfront and honest about this, as the coach. Like, you don't need to tell the media. You need to do all that. But if you pull the two of them in and say, this is what I'm going with, you, so you know every other game, it, it's your net. Put it on tight. Strap it on. Let's fucking go win this thing. I. What's so hard yeah. about that? I. Now, I was just yeah. going to say, I just think our depth yeah.
1: blows <laughs> theirs out of the
0: fucking water. <laughs> but... That was just. I was just going gonna
1: around. say, like, you should just play your fourth line, first line minutes for the entire series and save your guys for the second round.
0: Well, I I will say, Monty, he reminds me of Claude a little bit in the sense of how he just kind of rolls the four lines. Mm-hmm. He, he like obviously, I think in the playoffs, you know, there'll be certain matchups he goes for, but in the regular season, for the most part, I mean, he would just roll the guys out there. It wasn't a anything crazy. Uh, I am worried, is David Krejci completely healthy? He missed some time at the end of the year there, yeah. you know, a little maintenance or, you know, a little banged up. But if Felino is finally cleared, if there's certain things that go on here, I'm just like, what is our fourth line going to be?
1: of Foligno <laughs> no <first> sick?
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't know if it matters, but I, I think if you're trying to get some... uh something yeah. going it does i mean yeah. it, it'll be what frederick nosick hathaway and then third line is hall Coyle bertuzzi then we have the checkmates and then there's marshy debruskin
1: berge i mean still pretty good i see even he's excited about playoffs starting yeah <laughs> yeah very much so. um yeah i mean I'm, the only thing i'm looking forward to and i hate first round matchups that you know like one such an overwhelming favorite, it feels like a waste of time when you have to watch games two, three, four or five. It's like, all right, can we just get past this one? Um, the only thing I'm looking forward to in a series is Kachuk against the Bruins in a playoff series.
0: I, and this is what I think. Um, I do think Maddie will do Maddie things. That, that That's not taking anything away from him in the year that he's had. Uh, I, I think, I mean, he, fucking 100 plus points. He carried that team into the playoffs. Now, I think he's going to try his shit with, you know, uh, Marshy, for yeah. example. And and Marshy's going to give it to him, but he's not going to give him the time of day. He's going to yap him after everything. He'll probably try to ta- steal his he'll mouth. He'll the end of the game. He'll, he'll do he'll shit end like end that together. Game. Exactly. And then on the other end, who's going to pop up right there and be the one to pop him? Bertucci. Yeah. Hathaway. Yeah. Freddie. Uh, throw career in there. And I mean, <laughs> the, the, uh, and I mean, the other guy too, that doesn't get talked about enough is Lauco. I mean, Lauco earned a spot on this team, came in and legitimately earned a spot here. So I am just so intrigued as to what the actual fourth line is going to be. Is that going to alternate as well? I mean, if you're not having a game, you know, you know, there's other guys right there sniffing to yeah. come in. And I, I think guys will lose their spots. Um, Freddie has played very well for us lately. Yeah, I think he's finally straightened it up. Hathaway has played the way Hathaway plays. And we'll just see how that bottom fourth line alternates. But outside of that, I mean, the D's locked up. Charlie, Grizz, uh, Lindholm, Carlo, Orlov, uh, Clifton. We got Zaboral as one of our other guys. Like, I just think... um Sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 wondering. Uh so Forbert is getting close. They said he had a couple more boxes to check, but I mean he'll probably be available by game three if we need okay. him. And okay. Felino was getting very close too. So yeah, I am uh I'm excited to see if this team can continue to fire on all cylinders. And I have the Bruins in six.
1: I mean the only thing I want to add to that is If there's a Boston Bruin who, in a scrum, pulls Kachuk's mouth guard from his mouth and throws it down the ice, I am getting a custom-made jersey immediately. So just putting that out there. Or
0: or just a picture of them (laughs) launching it out.
1: (laughs) Um, I have Boston in five. I give Florida one game just because, I mean, even a team of Boston's caliber that in the year they had, it's hard to get a sweep. Uh, Weird things happen. Uh, so I give them one game. The only other thing I'll add is it's just nice to see Montgomery come back from where he was. I mean, obviously nobody expected the Bruins have the year they had, but even if they just had a standard division winning type year, um, it's just nice to see Montgomery back in the league and being successful, uh, after the struggle that he went through at the end of his time in Dallas. So that's the only other thing I'll add there. Um, So same thing that we did for the West, we'll do for the East. So based on our predictions. So for me, second round would be Boston versus Tampa and the Rangers versus the Islanders. Another series where the Rangers sleep in their own bed every night. Um, You would have Boston, Tampa, and then Rangers, Hurricanes. Okay. Yes. The last thing I have for you for this podcast, I know it's a long one. It's the playoff. It's the kicking off of the playoffs. Everybody can suck a dick. Um, because yep. it's the cup playoff beards do you do playoff beards officially start the first day after the regular season ends or did they start with a tr like you and i have a beard year round so for us it's do you trim your beard the day the regular season ends or the day of game one see i get
0: it well i i gotta usually get the haircut i go for the full monty hair but um I usually get the haircut and it's usually the day before game one. Okay. So, so that's my go-to because I'm with you because I've seen other guys too. Like they must've stopped shaving at the end of the regular season. Cause you show up game one and you're like, how do you already have that? Like, oh, you know, yeah. it's like the playoffs just started yeah. today. You know, like that, that, that always confuses me too. I don't know when it starts.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Mika has like his little French devil, goatee year round and he just shows up with it. He doesn't shave it and start over. I think they just stop shaving when the playoffs start. But I was seeing uh, it was like a discussion around well the playoffs start if, you, if you're if you in the playoffs the playoffs start the morning after the regular season ends. It doesn't start the morning of game one so that's when your playoff beards start. And I'm like that's not, that can't be useful even though it's only a couple of days because if you're as a normal citizen if you're expecting your team to go all the way to mid June and win a Stanley Cup, those extra few days of being able to trim will help you not look as fucking crazy in mid June <laughs> as you would normally yeah. would. Well, well, it's like saying
0: on the other end, if if that's what they're going off of, you're like, well, technically, once as you clinch a playoff berth, playoff start. Yeah,
1: card. exactly. I mean, and especially you and I, who already have the facial hair hair built in, if we didn't trim the day of game 1 and the Bruins of the Rangers go all the way to like game 7 in the Stanley Cup June will be a very very hot month.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know it's warm when your beard sweats. That's what I used to tell people. Like when the beard sweat and it's
1: And the worst uh, part was when the warm. Rangers went to the Cup in uh 2014 I was in Florida and I had the beard and and out in the sun every day. I mean, you can start going to the beach in late April, and after I shaved my beard, it was looked like there was a. Remember those ice cream cups we used to get in elementary school <laughs> with the chocolate vanilla swirl? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> like my up my cheeks and everything were nice and olive from my Greek heritage, and then my face was showed off my English heritage.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome!
1: <laughs> but all right, so. It's set. We have our first round predictions in. We have our uh, viewpoint on what the second round matchups will be. I'm going to put it to you now. Actually, I'll go first so you're not on the spot first. Everything in mind, all the matchups we think will happen. So we obviously, not on this episode, but we thought through, okay, that means this is second round. Who do you think wins that? That means this is conference final. What is your Stanley Cup matchup? I will go first. Out west. You're going to hate me. The Dallas Stars. Going to the Stanley Cup. Okay. In the Eastern Conference, I have to go with my boys. So, Rangers, Stars, in the Stanley Cup Final.
0: Uh, so, I did not go Dallas. <laughs> shocker. Um, I think that McDavid train is going to be very hard mm-hmm. to stop this year. I have the Edmonton Oilers in the Stanley Cup Final. Playing... Not your boys, but my boys. A rematch. I, I'm, a rematch. I'm thinking it's the rematch of the late 80s, early 90s. I, I think we're going to bring it back for yeah, old Yeah, I have sake.
1: Edmonton in a conference final. So Edmonton, Dallas, and then I have uh, Rangers, uh, Tampa. In a con- I have Tampa knocking you off. Again, going coop. In, in a, if it's a seven-game series, I'm going coop. The only reason why I have the Rangers beating them in the conference final is I don't have it going seven games. Oh, OK. So no offense to your boys. I know that's I'm not making many friends uh, around your backyard picnic table for those that listen to the podcast. But that's my thought on it. Oh,
0: I, I, I am not worried about it. You need you need your own opinions, my friend. So
1: I, I can't wait, man. Like. Especially. I'll I feel like. You have to talk yourself into some series in effort especially in the first rounds, every year, like to get excited about it. I think this is the first time in a long time. I think out of all eight matchups, seven of them I'm excited about. Dude, I am. I
0: I know we talked about it last year, though. So there are a couple where we were like I oh, whatever like this first round. I'm like any night is a good night yep. to watch. Like like it's good hockey any and, night.
1: Speaking of good night to watch so Monday This we're recording this on saturday night. I'll go live either saturday night or sunday game the playoffs kick off monday night uh, boston for You and you boys Kick off on monday and then the rest of game ones kick off on tuesday. That includes the rangers and devils series uh, they will be espn well first round your local broadcasts but for Games outside of your market. It's ESPN, TBS, TNT, some ABC primetime games tossed in there. And eventually when we get to the Stanley Cup final, it is on TNT this year. Dino Money ABC, which for the first time in a long time, a professional sports uh, championship round will be exclusively on cable and not basic cable. Oh, interesting. I didn't yep. think about that. So baseball is always on Fox. Well, y- you Super Bowl you know what though Fox, too? CBS. NBA is on ABC. And then the last time it was on cable was when ESPN had the Stanley Cup final. And then even then they had ABC mixed in.
0: No, I, I'll say this. Um, so NHL even previously, you know, they did a lot of NBC and, and things like that. But the only problem that I ran into was... Some of the first couple of games weren't always... They'd have, like, NBC Sports for a... Then when it was getting to clinching, they'd ship yep. it out to NBC. Yep. So, I'm going that's, like, half-hearted on the NHL yeah.
1: thing. I'm just glad it's not going to be on CNBC. Uh, NBCSN, yes. and like, all these... USA Network, it's basically, like, you know where you're looking to watch games. So, that's another improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, all right.
0: Hey, little by little oh well one last one while we're already here uh i don't know if it's a hell of a career or it's just ended with the blackhawks but uh tip of the cap to jonathan taves
1: do you think he continues playing i know he's had health issues lately um or do you think honestly i hope he does i hope
0: he signs a deal somewhere um just based on respect that you have for certain guys, they had him mic'd up during the thing. And, um, he's there and he's getting the applaud after the game. And you, you hear him on the hot mic. He's like, I- I'm not fucking worthy of this kind of send off. L- l- like, yeah. you know, just kind of a guy who's very thankful and given back to the game. And just the way they say, I'm not deserving of this. It-, it makes me feel as if he is going to go somewhere else just to, uh, one last kick at the can. Yeah, he maybe. probably
1: doesn't want to hang it up after having an inconsistent year, health wise, and everything else too. So, mm. I mean, there are a couple of teams I would love to sign him. He, he's probably not looking for the biggest free agent deal. He's probably looking to win one more cup. My f- top two off of my head: Toronto and Colorado. Yeah, for
0: for short money, yeah.
1: two two million bucks maybe. Incentive laden deal, or whatever else. Maybe he teams back up with Kane mm-hmm. somewhere. They're both free agents. You never uh, know. But yeah, tap of the stick uh, to Taves there. And I, now I'm all amped up. Now I'm kind of disappointed that I have to wait till Tuesday for game one.
0: <laughs> well, my friend, Monday at 7.30, you can watch hours.
1: I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Remember that. You got to be a little, uh, little open to some communication. I know when to pick my spots. If there's a bad moment, if you guys are down, if that for some reason ever happens in this series, I know the drill. You won't be getting a text from me being like, dude, that was so crazy.
0: (laughs) You know, if anything, just text (laughs) strategy. It's it's easier that way. It
1: It is funny after all these years that, uh, even not in the playoffs, like there could be a big regular season game and you and I text all the time, Rangers Bruins, Rangers Bruins, People text me about the regular season. People comment on Instagram. They send me stuff on Instagram about Ranger related stuff. As soon as a big game comes, if something goes bad, fucking silence. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, these motherfuckers know.
0: Really <laughs> uh, weird,
1: <laughs> but all right, man. Happy to have some playoff talk back. Well, ch- we'll try back in probably late next week for a, a mid first round kind of. Hullabaloo, what's been going on, where we where we think something's going, anything unexpected happening, how to serious looking, and then take it from there. Well, I'm excited, big guy. you too. Can't wait.
0: Can't wait. Bye bye.
1: It'll be fine by dust but I'm telling you, baby. These things eat at your bones and drive your young mind crazy.
0: But when you place your head between my collar and jaw, I don't know much, but there's no way at all. And I'm down. I do, and I'm damned if I don't, cause if I say I miss you, I know that you won't, but I miss you in the mornings when I see the sun,
1: something in the orange tells me we're not